0: Hello. Um, it's nice to be here with you. I'm glad you're here and uh, look forward to our time together um, on this thing that we call a retreat. You know, when, when invited to teach here some now a couple of years ago to teach this retreat, um, we had to agree on what we were going to teach. So we um, we're always going to teach. Uh, awareness and understanding and the Dharma and uh, but still we have to make it a nice write-up you know so that you can distinguish this version of awareness in the Dharma from other people's version of awareness in the Dharma but it's still awareness in the Dharma so <laughs> what I'd like to do is offer a an overview of what we'll be doing here by um, reading the description of the retreat that you signed up for and uh, what's behind it, what's behind it for practice and understanding so that you can have a, a fair idea of uh, what to expect uh, as far as the logistics and the format of the retreat. And, um, maybe that'll be a helpful way to orient us all, uh, kind of on the same page so that we all kind of arrive here for a similar purpose or understand the purpose in a similar way of our being here. So the title of the time of our time together is awareness insight and liberation so I'll speak about all three of those but I wrote we agreed that this retreat is suitable for both new and experienced meditators now a retreat like this is an opportunity not to escape so much, but as an opportunity to leave our familiar um, domestic, civic, social, professional activities aside for a period of time, to retreat away from them so that we can spend time with ourselves in another way, to find some other capacities and activities of heart and mind that sometimes get overlooked in the busyness of our life. And the Buddha encouraged all beings that uh, uh, when he was teaching to take periods of time to uh, remove themselves from domestic responsibilities and the, the busyness of the social life of community and to go to remote, um, secluded places where they could, uh, together, live with others together, to live simply, and to uh, open the heart, and to really look more deeply into this, this process of being a human being. We know it from the busyness of our lives and our commitments, responsibilities, obligations, expectations. And there's more to us than that and sometimes to leave aside the familiar, not because it's wrong or bad or it's our life, but to give ourselves the opportunity to really uh, discover uh, a greater depth uh, to our heart, to our mind, to our capacities, to our abilities, to what life offers. So we call it a retreat but actually we're not escaping anything. We're actually getting closer to ourself. We're not retreating from, but we're getting more intimate with ourself. And when we say it's suitable for both new and experienced meditators, some of you are new doing your first retreat. Congratulations. It's not easy to come to an pl- unfamiliar place. Some of you are here for your first time an unfamiliar place with unfamiliar people for nine days of who knows what and uh, feel comfortable and confident and safe, it's not easy. So I applaud your decision, your resolve, your uh, interest, and we will do everything possible to help you benefit from your time here. So for new people, you might think, oh, there's others here who have more experience, and so I'm a beginner, and I'm, you know, can't do so well. But there's no there's no gradient like that. We're on a journey of awakening, and every step that we take, every moment that we're aware, every moment that we're making an effort to wake up, is an improvement to our life. And uh, uh, as you've heard from Kamala, some of us have been practicing for. Two, three, four decades more, and we're still on the journey. We're still on this path, and so we we know the path. You know, after forty years, you you know something about the path, um, but there's still a lot of path that we don't know. So we're going to share what we can uh, of what we've learned from our own experience, and hope that it's helpful for you. And you will all have your own experience. And that's why the instructions that we offer are suitable for those who are taking their first step and those who have been on this path for decades. Because really what we're doing is we'll be offering guidance and what we're doing is learning how to come home to this body and mind. So every step we take is a step with, towards our heart towards our life, to, to a willingness to open more fully, to more intimately, with, and to understand in a more profound uh, way what this being human is all about. So each one of us, each moment, takes a step into our life with awareness. And what you discover is unique to you. No two people have the same experience. You can hear the same instruction. You can sit for the same number of minutes. You can do, have the same meals. And, and you have completely different experiences. But it's all part of opening to your heart. So it's suitable for anyone, everyone. And as Kamala mentioned, to the fullest range of diversity that you're aware of or not aware of or that you can experience or that you can imagine if you're alive you can be aware if you're aware you can understand And if you understand you can be free there is no limitation on the mind on this retreat we will be integrating the precise meditation instructions of Mahasi Sayada with the practical awareness-oriented guidance of Sayadaw Utejjaniya. And I think we all have, all of us have practiced in these two traditions. Let me just say that uh, Mahasi Sayada, one of the elders of this tradition of practice, was a renowned uh, Burmese monk, a scholar, and uh, meditation practitioner, as well as teacher. And he did something that so directly benefits us being here that I want to mention it. In Burma, where he was from, there's, you know, mo- there's a lot of, in- most, mostly Buddhist, uh, nominal Buddhist, but they're nominal Buddhist and they practice meditation. So he was invited to open a meditation center in Rangoon in 1949 for lay people, householders like ourselves. And frankly, if before that time, you as a householder, mother, father, partner, wanted to receive these instructions, you would have had to ordain as a monk or nun, probably for life. But because he was invited, because he understood that householders, lay people like ourselves, can hear these instructions and can practice for shorter or longer periods of time and really get some benefit, then he was invited to to open a center and teach. And it is from that experience that the whole uh, coming to the West of mindfulness took root because some of the, some of our teachers, uh, particularly Manindra and uh, Deepama, another Indian woman, they were able to practice there and they taught Westerners who've come back and set up and established the center here. And so Mahasi Zahida had a very precise method of instruction, particularly suited to intensive retreats like we'll be doing here where you really leave home, you come to a place with this group of people and you receive a schedule and guidance and you practice it exclusively where that's all you do. You don't have any, you don't have any work. I mean, you've got you to do your, your yogi job to help support the community here. But other than that, there's no reading, no writing, no other obligations, no phone calls, no... It's like full-time devotion to the practice, the technique, and the schedule in order to really learn how to be aware. How to practice being aware. And his instruction was for intensive retreats like this. So, for many years, this is what we taught. His method, as carried on by Saito Upandita and Agarika Manindra and others. Um, and we taught them in intensive retreats, allowing people to come for A week or the month or annually a three-month retreat and then to go home and try to integrate that into their life. But you know there's a lot of support on a retreat like this that you don't have at home. You don't have the silence, you don't have the schedule, you don't have other people, you don't have the singularity of purpose like just practicing and just hearing the Dharma. We lead busy lives And we all have obligations, responsibilities, uh, commitments. We're, We're talking to people all the time. We're making decisions. And so it doesn't easily translate. The techniques of intensive retreat don't easily transfer to a busy domestic professional life outside of retreat. So it was always a challenge, or it has been a challenge for all of us, to take what we learn on retreat into our lives in a practical way. We've done the best we can, doing quite well, but now we have a teacher in Burma who was a householder. Utejania was a householder, a businessman, had a family, and also practiced, but Like us, he also dealt with the challenges of domestic life and raising kids and handling money and also severe depression. Severe depression. And it was only through this meditation, without medication, that he was able to handle, come to understand, and free himself from depression. So he has a unique... Uh, capacity to articulate how to be aware, the purpose of awareness, and how to practice awareness in the busyness of our lives. Not to retreat from them, but to how to live in the midst of the fullness of our life with awareness, dealing with all that, that you're dealing with. And so we've been practicing in this way for some 10, 12, 15 years now. And integrating that into our life. So, these two traditions of practice from Burma are, mm, I'd say, uniquely suited to our lives because we have the time to go on retreats and we have the obligations, commitments, responsibilities to live a householder life. And so, we'll be offering teachings, instructions, understandings, techniques, guidance from both of these traditions on this retreat. So what we'll be offering is a clear path for developing clarity of awareness in each moment. The operant word here is we'll be offering a path a clear path for developing clarity of awareness. It's important to understand that this practice is not a, um, something that you get and then you got, but rather it's something that you hear, you try and you try and you try and you practice and you practice and you practice. And gradually we develop skill in being aware. But it's like learning any skill. It's like learning any trade, learning any body of knowledge. You cannot start at the graduate level. You start at ground level. You know. And if you don't do the first grade math, you'll never graduate to second grade math. And if you don't do second grade math, you can't get to third grade, whether it's math or science or language or whatever. It's a very gradual path of accumulation, practice, skill, knowledge, and ease in doing what you practice. Same here. You know, we'll be offering instructions on day one that for some of you will seem, oh yeah, I've done that. And for others of you will be a steep learning curve. But there'll be a graduated instruction throughout the day, throughout the days, and it's your practice that is going to uh, develop slowly. It's just not possible to start this retreat at the same development of mind that you ended your last retreat. It's just not possible, you know, so we're all starting in day one, uh, now, and it's a gradual path. And if you, you know, if you're going on any trip, if you're going on any journey and you make plans and you have a map or you have a, a goal, you still have to take the first step. You just can't take the last step first, you know? And so this is, this is what we're doing here is we're on a journey, a journey of awakening to the fullness of our life. And so each step we take gets us closer to uh, having the capacity, the ability, the knowledge, how to actually be here in the fullness of our life. So what we're offering is this path for developing clarity of awareness. Now, there's a lot going on in this thing called life. There's this body, there's this mind, there's this heart, there's other people, there's the environment. It's just a cacophony of experience. And so it takes some gradual um, pointing to and recognition of what it is that we're experiencing. What's important is to, and what we'll be emphasizing, is the awareness. We have all kinds of experiences in the body, pleasant and unpleasant and otherwise. We have all kinds of experiences in the mind. And thoughts, they're endless. Emotions, they're overwhelming. There's just And yet, no matter what it is that's happening in the present moment, the challenge for each of us is to recognize that moment. To be aware and to recognize, well, this is what's going on right now. Oh, that's all, that's awareness. The ability to recognize the present moment's experience. So now you've been sitting here for an hour. Are you aware that you're sitting? Are you aware that you're sitting? You can nod your head, yes Yes. or no. (laughs) Are you aware that you're sitting? Yeah. When did you become aware that you were sitting? When I asked the question, but you've actually been sitting for an hour. This is how challenging it is to be aware. We live life kind of on automatic pilot, not really being aware of what we're doing. Okay, so uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah? Have you understood what Kamala was saying and the, the manager of the retreat? Yeah? When did you know that you were hearing what was said? When were you aware that you were hearing? Ah, uh, Weren't aware. Maybe you weren't even aware that you were hearing. You were just hearing and, and processing, but not aware that you were hearing. Okay, so what, what I'm pointing to is something, it's kind of peculiar, it's a little bit unique. Life goes on. We're not trying to change life. We're not trying to change You know, that we hear and see and think and have emotions and feelings and thoughts. We're not trying to change or stop or fix or improve that in any way. What we're going to be doing is trying to remember, to recognize what our experience is in each moment. That's awareness. There's the experience and there's the awareness of it. There's sitting and the awareness of it. This hearing and the awareness of the hearing there's understanding and the and the awareness of understanding of what's being said there's the body it's got these sensations, and there's awareness that this is the body. okay, it sounds so simple. it is actually, <coughs> but it's not easy, <laughs> not easy to do with any continuity and so the instructions is going to be pointing to recognizing each moment's experience, recognizing the experience and the awareness of it. I sometimes use my hands to uh, kind of instruct, offer an instruction. So sometimes you have to keep your eyes open. So in every moment there's an experience happening and there's an awareness of it. If experience happens and you're not aware, then you don't know. And if you're aware, you can't be aware of nothing. You're always aware of something. So in every moment, something arises. Sounds, sights, thoughts, emotions, sensations in the body. And there can be the awareness of it. What we're cultivating is the awareness. We don't need to cultivate experience. Experience has been happening since you were in the womb. Every moment. You haven't had a moment of non-experience yet. But there's been plenty of moments of non-awareness. So what we're cultivating is not experience, we're cultivating awareness. The way to do this, and this, is, this may sound counterintuitive also, is to relax. The <laughs> First instruction is relax. Because if we're tight and tense and got an agenda and we're really anxious to kind of perform well, we get tight. We get, it gets unpleasant. We, get, we set some impossible goal for ourselves. But if I ask you to be at ease, to be comfortable, to settle into the body in a comfortable way, can you do that? Pretty easy, isn't it? Great. Start there. Stay there. Or keep checking in with, is the body at ease? Is the mind at ease? Because being relaxed, being at ease, being comfortable in the body and the mind, is a support for, actually the proximate cause of, being aware. It makes it sound so easy, but it's not easy to stay comfortable and relaxed but even in that relaxed place of the mind and the body we need to be continuous we need to check continuously with some persevering energy of mind not a grimness not a striving not a determination but just persevering being willing to recognize be aware of each moment's experience still breathing yes Still sitting? Yes. Still seeing? Yes. Still understanding? Yes. Keep going. See you at the end of the retreat. Okay. So it takes being relaxed, being at ease. It takes being persevering. Persevering in just checking. Is the mind aware? Experience is happening. No problem about that. You don't have to make experience happen. What we're working with is developing this awareness in a continuity and that takes perseverance. To do anything in a continuous way, like from the time you wake up to the time you fall asleep, it takes perseverance because you know we get bored easily. We want something exciting. We want something new. We want something fresh. And a lot of life is very repetitive. I mean, how many, how many times have you brushed your teeth in this lifetime? A lot. How many more times are you going to brush your teeth? A lot. But just think, if you could remind yourself to be aware every time you brush your teeth for the remainder of your life, you'd be like doing a, a year-long retreat. <laughs> think of it that way. Right? And that's just brushing your teeth. You know, how many times do you put on your shoes? How many doors do you reach for and open? You know, it's like, oh, if we can remember to recognize these very ordinary common experiences we will here we will establish the momentum to recognize them in our life in our busy life at home at work socially and so what I'm pointing to is that every experience here from the time you wake up to the time you fall asleep is to be recognized with awareness. Some of it will be. Some of the time, you'll we'll be sitting in the hall. Some of the time, you'll be walking. Sometimes eating, bathing, doing your yogi job, listening to talks. I mean, sometimes it can get really busy. You know, you have to fill your water bottle and, you know, do your yogi job in a whole day. And it's, it's pretty demanding. But if we use these very ordinary, mundane, recurring experiences we can develop the continuity of awareness, which reveals a depth of understanding, a depth of, uh, a depth of understanding of what it is we're actually experiencing. Mostly we just kind of skim over the surface of life, not really dropping into the present moment. And so we're just on automatic pilot, kind of half asleep, and, and we miss a lot. But if we just start paying attention to the simplicity of the recurring, ordinary, mundane, nothing specialness of most of our life, we develop the mind. We develop the capacity of the mind to stay present, to really see deeply into each moment. So this relaxed, persevering continuity of mindfulness, that allows us to recognize each moment's experience leads to stability of mind and insightful knowledge of the natural order of all things. Oh, that's a mouthful. So let me let me go back here. Okay, so this relaxed, persevering, willingness to recognize the present moment's experience leads first to stability of mind. Now, stability of mind in this practice is going to be really... going to be the continuity of mindful awareness stability of mind is that presence of mind that isn't uh, flipped out doesn't get its buttons pushed too easy so easy you know sometimes you're in a conversation and you know you're kind of there and you're there and you're there with it and then somebody says something that really pushes your button pushes your button of fear pushes your button of anger, of irritation, or impatience, and immediately you lose your mind. They said something and you lose your mind. You get you get thrown into this, you know, inner inner life of turmoil and reactivity and anger, frustration and fear and whatever else, desire. You've lost your mind. You're not aware what's going on. You're just totally caught up in The reactivity of the mind. The mind is not stable. The mind is being jerked around by something you heard, something you saw, something you felt, something you thought, and it's lost. You know, I I mean, to lose your mind is that's pretty dramatic. You know, and I'm not I'm not using those words carelessly. I'm saying actually, you have lost your mind. You've lost track of your mind. You don't know what you're experiencing. Oh so it's a continuity of awareness of ordinary experience that is going to stabilize the mind so that you don't lose it when these things that would ordinarily push your buttons arise as they will even here on retreat you know sometimes when we think we're going to go on retreat we think oh nine days Wow quiet silence calm down open up so loving calm peaceful yeah sorry <laughs> it doesn't work like that <laughs> you know, sometimes you get so we get so close to our hearts and minds that we discover all our buttons sometimes I should say every time it's just a matter of time so by stabilizing the mind, we're then able to understand, we're, st- we're able to begin to understand the natural order of things. Meaning everything that we experience is not accidental. It's not a mistake. You're not doing something wrong. It's due to causes and conditions. Some of the causes are present in the moment. Some of them are deeply embedded in the past. Some of them are you know, kind of conditioned by the future. But things happen due to causes and conditions. When we understand, oh, there's no mistake. This isn't a mistake in your life, that you're feeling this, you're experiencing that. There are causes and conditions. And when we understand this about our and our experience and the way things are unfolding in life, then we can understand that we are the expression of nature. We're not different than nature. We are just like nature. We are nature. And so we begin to understand the order, the natural unfolding of this body, this mind. When we understand that, we will stop struggling with it because we understand, oh, this is the way it is. This is the way it is. You know, We may not like it. That's something we're going to deal with. We may want more of it. That's something else we've got to deal with. We may be afraid of it. We may be embarrassed. We may be ashamed. We may be humiliated. We may be joyful. These are all things that we'll have to work with too. But as we come to stabilize the mind and we see the natural order of things, we can open to the fullness of life. The fullness of life. Everything about life. We don't have to live a contracted life. Fearful of, you know, some unpleasant experiences, constantly seeking what we can't get, unhappy, depressed, fearful. You don't have to live that way. But you do have to be aware. Aware enough with enough continuity to begin to understand, oh, this is, this is the way it is. If we understand this is the way it is, we'll stop struggling. We'll stop struggling. We'll stop trying to make it different. We'll come to some understanding that allows us to be at ease with the way things are. I don't mean to be a doormat to the world. I don't mean to accept injustice. I don't mean to say that we're going to accept all of the harm and the danger that we see in the world. But we're going to recognize this is the way it is and then find a way to address it because we understand the causes and conditions that lead to suffering and we understand the causes and conditions that lead to the end of suffering. This is what the Buddha's teaching is all pointing to. To understand your own suffering. To understand how it is that you suffer. Why it is that you suffer. And how to realize the end of that suffering. You can't read it in a book. You can read what the Buddha taught. You can listen to all kinds of talks. But you have to discover in your own heart, in your own mind, how you suffer, why you suffer, why you're unhappy, why you're not fulfilled. And only then will you know for yourself, for your own body and mind, how to be free. And to be free, to be liberated, this this last of the awareness, insight, and liberation. To be liberated is to be mm, free of reactive mental states that causes us unhappiness, cause us to suffer. It's not that we're going to change the world. We're not going to change everything out there that, that causes us to be unhappy. But we're going to f- understand how it is that we get caught in unhappiness, in suffering. And when we understand that, then we can stop suffering. It's possible. It's a journey, though. It's a journey of awakening through awareness and understanding To the fullness of life. Well, that's what we're going to do here. I mean, just a modest (laughs) kind of uh, attempt. But nevertheless, that's the direction we're going. That's the direction that this instructions and all of our guidance is going to be pointing you. Is to wake up to the present moment. See if you're suffering or not. Keep going. Okay? You can nod. Yes or no. Yeah? Okay. Thank you for being here. Look forward to our time together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit slash donate.